for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. It's that time of year, everybody. You're probably looking for the most lightweight, packable, and reliable mobile hunting gear on the market. If you are, look no further than Latitude Outdoors. Latitude aids in any hunter that is looking to get into saddle hunting or mobile hunting in general, or for the guy or gal that is already experienced. Latitude offers saddles, climbing methods, platforms, ropes, dump pouches, knee pads, and much more. Let Latitude steer you to unfamiliar places while being efficient and lightweight in the process. For more information, head on over to LatitudeOutdoors.com and save by using the code THEFALLPODCAST for 25% off your next purchase. New for 2023, Helix introduces its four-blade head, the FJ4. The FJ4 broadhead takes the standard single-bevel design blade that Helix is known for and adds two smaller bleeder blades that insert directly into the ferrule. Adding for an additional 15-16th cutting diameter from the original Helix broadhead, consisting of the following sizes. 2 and 1 16th for 100 and 175 grain, 2 and an eighth for the 125 and 200 grain head, and 2 and a quarter for the 150 and 225. Improve blood trails and measure your recovery in seconds for the fall of 2023. Use the code FALLHX10 to save at helixbroadheads.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is May 16th, 2023, and today is episode 298. It's got a little ring to it just because I feel like that is a lot. (laughs) It is... uh, we have uh, done a lot of episodes, and uh, we're almost at 300. We're going to be actually recording episode 300 in three days. Oh no, sorry, two days, two days. So, and we've got we've gotten a lot of uh, questions so far for that episode. It's going to be a long haul. We did tell everybody that it's going to be just kind of a BS session. There's going to be a panel of four of us, 
and to send us your questions for like a Q&A as well. So if you guys haven't brought any questions to the table, if you guys want to, shoot us some questions and we're going to be covering those on Thursday night to drop on May 23rd, episode 300. So I'm excited for that. Man, episode 300. I don't, I mean, you know, I've been very fortunate to be part of this here for a little bit now, but if I was in your shoes, you know, hearing that episode 300 is it's almost has to be hard to believe, you know, when you, you think back of when you first ever decided to actually have a podcast and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, I'm 20 episodes in. I've, I've done a lot. And now all of a sudden 300. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that is unreal, man. But I tell you what, I am really, really looking forward to uh, uh, recording episode 300. It's always fun to be in person and the conversations go so well. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to this one. I am too. Uh, it'll be a good time. You and I will be with two other guys, actually one of your good friends and then mm-hmm. one of my good friends too. And and uh, it's just going to be a good BS session of like-minded humans that are good deer hunters. And I mean, don't even have to be a good deer hunter. It's just telling stories and just shooting the shit. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be good. Um, along with episode 300, we are in the middle of a giveaway right now. And if you guys haven't heard yet, so the giveaway, the prize is uh, a classic two saddle setup from Latitude. So you get the saddle, you get a pouch, and you get all the ropes for it, and you get uh, your choice of uh, FJ4 Helix broadhead pack. So it's going to be about a $500 value, and all you got to do to get entered is go to fallpodcast.com, the website, and Go to the store, our online store there, and order anything. And as many items as you order, um, that's the more the more entries you'll get put in for that. And we're going to draw that winner on May 24th, the day after the podcast episode 300 goes live. So I will say, dude, this last weekend was Mother's Day weekend. I feel like all I did was box and package stuff up. Like I think I was texting you. After every order, oh, got another one. Oh, got another one. Get like, dude, shit was flying off the shelf this weekend. <laughs> it was crazy. I know, man, and it's so good to hear that, man. I, I'm so happy that you know people are buying it and people are you know out there supporting us, getting some of this merchandise. But you know, it, it's in my mind every time you text me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the scenario that you and I talked about, where it's like the shipping department over at the Blasey House are just you know, boxes oh, everywhere. There's, there's labels just, you know, nonstop printing and, you know, you're all in distress and t-shirts flying everywhere. Everywhere, man. That, everywhere. Uh, that's, it actually, that's what I, that's what I pictured was happening this weekend. It definitely was. And, you know, we got a run of hats in, uh, logo hats and we have more coming and they're actually different. Uh, they're really nice patch hats we got coming as well, but so I'm like, yeah, I, I figured we'd go get go through the hats pretty pretty quick, but not this quick. I mean, we are down to like, if you guys are listening to this, you know, we're down to like four right now. So mm-hmm. like, I need to be calling and restocking. I was like, they're flying off the shelf. I couldn't get the boxes <laughs> made quick enough to put the hats in them. It was crazy. Yeah. So well, you know what it is, Aaron. It's not only you know some of the uh, our loyal listeners out there want to support us, but they heard last episode on friday and they heard if if i have this hat on at tack i'm not gonna be buying my first cold beer (laughs) 
No, if what did we say again? So Friday, if you guys didn't listen to Friday's episode, I think it was if you guys come up to us with at TAC, um, at Adam Miller's after party or wherever. I mean, if if we're able mm-hmm. to, if we have a beer right there and we're able to give you one, we were gonna give you a beer uh, on us, cold. It's gonna be cold, cold. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to Adam's, uh, the Bowhunter Chronicles. Adam Miller, he puts on an after party one of the days and we're going to be going there and that's what we'll do the transaction transaction if you will but david said he'd even spice the deal up and give everybody mm-hmm. who comes to the comes up and says hey look at the hat you know that he'll give them a fall podcast koozie as well so yeah yeah you're, you're, you're just you gonna have a ream of koozies <laughs> yeah dude hey i'm taking a backpack and it's not for shooting tack it's for carrying uh the fall podcast koozies around all weekend <laughs> but oh i tell you what gosh. for anyone listening for anyone listening you just heard that aaron's deal you don't even have to wait till adam miller's part if you happen to see us thursday night or friday night up there you know it's it's we probably won't be around as much as we'll be for the uh the bullhunter chronicles after party but if you see us any of those first two nights and you're still wearing a fall podcast hat we will make sure that we will have cold beer on hand to give everyone yep yeah so uh make sure you come up to us and and say hi or something like that and bullshit a little bit but that's the deal um i'm hoping I'm hoping we'll have the two other hats here this week. I'm really hoping they're supposed to ship end of last week, and I haven't got confirmation on them, but I'm hoping they're going to be here this week so I can get those on the site, and you guys are going to be very thrilled with these ones. <laughs> these are probably my favorite-looking hats. They're, gosh, yeah. so nice. You know, that would be the, that's the nice thing. If, if they show up here in the next couple of days, it will give all the listeners you know, a handful of more days to go buy even – one of the newer patch hats, along with anything else on the store, but still get your name in before, you know, the, the 24th for the drawing. Yep, for sure. Um, So go do that. Go to the fall podcast. It's actually called fallpodcast.com. Go to the website, to the store, and purchase something there. Get in for that giveaway. Like I said, it's it's going to end. It's The end of the giveaway is going to be midnight on the 23rd, and I've got documentation of all those people that I've put in for the order. And uh, there's a lot of them so far and get in there, you know, just uh, get in there and, and get get uh, get in that giveaway so you can uh, hopefully win that whole saddle kit and broadheads. So it's a good little deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for any the person that wins it, you know, you got to think if maybe if you aren't new to saddle hunting, here we are. It's going to be the end of May, beginning of June that you're going to have all summer long to mess around with the saddle and really get used to it. So that that's kind of a, a win win, in my opinion. Yeah. For sure. And uh, speaking of latitude, little transition here. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, and uh, we've said it a, a couple times on the podcast, that uh, every Friday now, Latitude has a podcast called Latitudes in Session with Jake Bush, and it drops every Friday morning. So it's an in-depth look at uh, just what Jake is doing. I mean, as far as, you know how, you know, what's the best word for it? Jake is very in-depth and very, you know, detailed i guess i should say mm-hmm. that's that's what he's known for and the guy knows what he's doing so he breaks down a lot of different scenarios and scouting tactics and stuff like that and hunting tactics and every friday morning that's happening anywhere you get your podcast so go search that on spotify apple podcast anywhere and uh, subscribe to that because there's a lot of good valuable information in that so it happens friday mornings and also 
go to Latitude's YouTube channel, and he has been doing a couple videos, one with Greg Litzinger, and then uh, Ryan Glitzky, I know he, he's done one with, and then they did a scouting video down in, in Kentucky when him and Corey and Chris Leppert and Josh Luck went down there and they broke down some hill country stuff in, in Kentucky, and there is videos on that on the YouTube channel. So go check all that out as well and, and subscribe to Latitude's YouTube channel. So help out there. So just want to put that a little bit in there. Today's podcast, we're actually, for us anyway, we are... We're 10 minutes into this. I haven't even explained what the podcast is. Look at that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Ryan Glitzky, Mr. Moose, uh, Ryan Glitzky is on today's podcast, and we're doing episode two of My Best Buck to Date, and this one's a good one. There's there's some build-up to this one, and Mm -hmm. Ryan Ryan is is a good dude in general, but just to hear him talk and and share share a story with him is just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And when you start listening to the story, um, what I found really interesting is I think for a lot of people, you know, a lot of times their biggest bucks come from their home state. You know, naturally we're they're really dialed and spend a lot of time. But when you listen to this one, it's it's fun because you you get to hear about the you know the progression that it took to kind of get things dialed in in years and years of you know, hunting and traveling all at the same time so this is a this is a good one and uh not to tease it up too much but it just it's the mecca of the whitetail world yep we'll just leave it there we'll just we'll just let you that little carrot dangle there um but yeah we're gonna keep this intro a little shorter today let's get into the questions i'm gonna i'm gonna hit david up with this question here i just got to find it i've had some technical difficulties with computers this week so i'm using my phone and uh for zoom and i don't have my computer yet so waiting to get that back it is like a fish out of water right now i don't know how to deal with myself so um this is a submitted question and i feel terrible because i couldn't remember who sent it to me and i was going to say their name and i'm sorry so if you when you listen to this i apologize but you do know it's your question so um let me go back here find it okay i might have to paraphrase a little bit here but let's see here Okay, because of the constant debate regarding APRs. So if anybody doesn't know what an APR is, it's an antler point restriction. In Michigan, it's been a lot of talk about APRs. Okay, so because of the constant debate regarding APRs and the two-buck rule, because we can kill two bucks here in Michigan, if it was up to you, would you rather be able to just shoot one buck of any size or be able to shoot two bucks but both would have to have at least four points on one side. Oh, I, I'm I'm taking the one buck every day because really? I, I I I truly I truly believe that that you know the states that most of them that is it's a one buck rule they're they're seeing some of the best results and not only the best but the quickest kind of like the the turnaround you know and and here's a little like a nugget for people that here in Southern Michigan when I grew up our second buck tag actually was that it Mm -hmm. had to be four or more on one side. That's how it used to be growing up. All that's been aside. Uh, I have two buck tags. I could shoot two spikes if I wanted to, I could shoot two four points if I wanted to. So, you know, I, I, I'm just a really, I'm a really big one buck tag, like kind of person. Like I, I kind of stand with that crowd, but, uh, one of my big reasons that I also like that is not only for, you know, me personally, it's, it's for like 
you know, to get a better age class. But on the flip side of a better age class, you know, I, I have a, a grandfather that still hunts and, you know, he's going to be over 80 years old. And with the one buck tag, I also believe that he should be able to shoot what he wants. You know what I mean? He's, he's 80 years old. He's, he's not going to be able to hunt forever. And what little bit he does hunt, if he gets an opportunity at an animal that makes him happy, who am I to tell him, hey, you can't shoot that because it only has X amount of points on one side. So, yeah, I am a one buck tag all day long kind of guy. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that because I've grown up with an APR ever since I was 12. You know, on our particular camp, we made it an APR, even though we're not in APR County. Um, And what may have been like, contradicting to that is like all of our neighbors, they're not APRs. So you're only talking about a small sample size, 218 mm-hmm. acres of an APR. So it's like those deer do roam. I, I'm doing one buck all day um, because I firmly believe in my mind that if you do a one buck rule, let's say like, hey, 2023, we're starting a one buck rule. I'm going to bet you by 2026 in three years, I'm going to bet you that, you know, if you're not seeing 140s, I'll say 140s ever, or maybe once in a great while getting one on trail camera. I'm going to say in three years, you're going to see, you know, multiple on camera or seeing them more in, you know, and it might be not be 140s. It could be 130s for sure. I mean, I just think in three years, you're going to see an upper age class deer that, that you may have not ever seen, or it's just like, that was the ghost he's not so much a ghost anymore because they're more prevalent on the landscape. No, I, I 100% agree, dude. I mean, I, I, I've literally seen that, you know, somewhat of that APR my whole life growing up, you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. was a thing and there, there was no, I mean, we, here, that's the thing about Michigan. We do actually have some pretty good genetics where, you know, it's not uncommon to have a year and a half old that's already an eight point. So he technically, he has four more on, on one side, you know, sort of like, and if you go shoot him at one and a half, he, he's done. You know what I mean? Done like, those. that's it. So, you know, but all of a sudden you give a guy a one buck tag and he has to think about, you know, hey, do I, do I really want to shoot that today or do I not? You know, but yep. yeah, it's, and like I said, you go to one buck, anyone can shoot whatever they would like. Whatever makes their heart happy, pleases them, they can shoot whatever they like, but you only get one buck tag. After that, then it's shooting does. Yep. Agreed. But, okay. So, uh, You've been chasing one particular animal. Let's just call it. You've been chasing for two to three years, okay? And you really start to close in on them here in late season. So it's December. But sometime in the in the last two to three weeks, he sheds one side and he walks by you on January first, the very last day of the of the archery season. Are you shooting him with one side on and one side that's somewhere? but he had lost it in the last two to three weeks. Are you shooting that animal or are you letting him walk? Let me ask you this. How big is the deer? Okay, so we're, we're, we're here if in Michigan. We're, if we're talking like like booner status in Michigan, all day shooting. But anything okay. smaller, not shooting. Okay, so you're not, not shooting. So, okay. I'm going to make it tough then. You said Booner status is shooting less than Booner status. You're not. So he's 159. I'm not shooting him. Typical. Not. Okay. No, because right. this is the thing. Like if we're talking my scenario, I never find sheds. I never see mm-hmm. them Ooh, on me. Good point. 
I never mm-hmm. find set sheds. So that whole like debate of like, oh, I'll shoot him and then get him fixed. I don't want to get a deer fixed. Like I just, yep. that, not that not that we went down that road. Not not that it's mm-hmm. you know a bad deal. I just you know I'm not gonna have him craft a new set. And this can be aggressively expensive. You know how much it is because yeah. you're getting a deer fixed this year. So like, yep. You know I don't find sheds is another thing. And and you know. I don't know if it's the last day of season. I know he's made it through, so it's like that's my whole thing. There's, like if he's if he's one fifty nine that year, God, what could he be the one? Uh, you know, so I'm not gonna shoot him. That's that's the most important point in my opinion is the fact that hey, this is the last day. Like this is this is it. He's mm-hmm. gonna he is going to make it. You know, as long as he doesn't get hit by a car or something bad happens in the off season, you know, it, not even think about like the point you said, you're like, I don't find shed. So the most likely I'm not, I'm not going to pick it up. You know what I mean? That's pretty much slim to none. But I think the very important point that you made though, is that, uh, you know, it, he's going to make it, he's going to make it another year and you got yep. two to three years of history. Like you're just building, you're adding another year and, uh, you're going to build off of that. I like it for sure. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good questions. Um, all right. We're going to let this interview rip. Thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review, do the same thing on Spotify. Go out, go and check the In Sessions podcast out with Jake Bush. Also go to Latitude's uh, YouTube channel and subscribe there. I'm going to reiterate that. Please do that. And go to the fall podcast uh, website and buy something in the store. So thank you guys very much. And here's this interview with Mr. Ryan Glitzky. Welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast, and today we are doing another episode of my biggest buck to date. And today, for episode two of it, we have the one and only that I know of, the most important <laughs> one, Mr. Ryan Glitzky. On Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Heck yeah! I can't wait to get into this, man, because uh, you know we've been talking a little bit off record, and your biggest buck to date is a stud but also um there's a there's a story that goes along with it because it comes from iowa but it didn't take you or it took you more than one trip i guess more than one year to to kind of build up to that deer and that's what i think is really cool about it and you know you are like one of the same like david and i coming from pa we're from michigan there are a lot of a yeah. lot of this a lot of similarities you know and when i went to iowa um you know, it was like a pipe dream for me to go to Iowa. That's what it felt like when I was growing up. And then when I got to do that the first time, you know, with a bow in my hand, I'm like, I made it like I'm at the show now, you know? Yeah. So it's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. I, t- I, I tell you just talking about Iowa is the only thing I ever regret about it is I didn't start it sooner. I didn't start applying and traveling at a lot younger age. You know, like if, if I would have had like a dad or grandpa that had been hunting there during their lives, where, you know, as soon as I hit like high school, they start saying, hey, start start buying points, start traveling. Like that's the only regret I have about Iowa. I wish I started. I mean, I've been here three times now. And uh, yeah, same thing. I wish I would start back when I was in my 20s. Um, yeah. cause it, it is just, it, it's the best of the best. You hear it all the time on these podcasts, but honestly it is the best. It is the white tail Mecca. It is paradise for a white tail hunter. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's get into a little bit of this. Okay. So let's, let's start from, from ground zero. When you first started going to Iowa, let's, let's go through each of those years, those three years that you went there to, to, 
to build up to when you killed your biggest deer that just happened to be the third trip you were there. So let's take us through, you know, never being there and then going, what was, what was it like, man? What was, what was the feeling like driving out there for the first time? Um, you know, what were you, you had to been cheesing from ear to ear and just like, man, I'm, I'm here. Like, let's do this. I'm ready. Yeah. I, I remember the first, the ride out there, but I remember what I remember the most is my first trip there was the first morning, the sun rising on the first morning and sitting there like I'm in freaking Iowa. <laughs> and I remember the first day there, there's, there's a, a gravel road that kind of a couple mile loop around the area I was hunting, jumped in the truck and drove around. And I wasn't there five minutes and 150 inch comes across the road. It's like, I'm not in PA anymore. <laughs> We're not in Kansas like, anymore. You know, yeah, I, I don't see that, you know. It, and But I remember vividly that first morning, uh, I knew where I was sitting on a brushy field edge overlooking a creek bottom. And I, to this day, I'll never forget that feeling of, of just like a, a PA boy waking up and being in his tree stand in Iowa of all places. Yeah. Did you, it had to have been like a pinch me moment, wasn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, and then as the, you know, as the build up and, and the hunt, you know, started to proceed, and the animals I saw, um, you know, I saw Boone and Crockett deer. I've never seen a Boone and Crockett deer my entire life, you know, in PA, and to see those kind of animals live, it was just unreal. It, it was just so weird to, uh, to see that kind of animal in person. It, it just didn't seem real, you know. Mm. Yeah. And I tell you what, like, you know, even before guys travel out to Iowa, they kind of have a sense of the kind of caliber that Iowa truly holds. But there's also something to be said that, you know, as, as, as motivated as, as we are to be sitting there and also to have that thought in the back of your mind that like you truly don't know what might come out of that thicket. Like that, like, there's something to be said about that, that that will keep your ass in that tree a lot longer. I mean, I went there with the same mindset when I went in 20 or uh, 2010 was the first time I went, but I had the same mindset a hundred the same way I did in PA. It was dark to dark. Mm -hmm. I, I was not getting out of that tree. Um, no matter what I was, I was taking the same mindset and the same tactics. I was going there and that's how I was hunting. My biggest concern to be honest with you was killing a deer 150 plus, you know what I mean? Was passing up deer to get to that mark, but I was scared to mess up. You know what I mean? Um, the guys I hunted with, they, you know, quality deer management, you know, they're trying to kill four and a half year old or older, 150 plus inch deer, 150 inch deer is a hell of a freaking deer, yeah. you know? I've never passed up 130, 40 inch deer. So that first time I was out there, I was passing up those kind of deer. And it, it, it was a very, it, it was one hell of a learning experience for me. Um, even the hunter I am today, um, what I've become is because of a lot of that back in 20, in 2010, um, passing up those kind of animals and getting that confidence, doing a lot of that stuff and being around big deer like that is the key to killing big deer. I couldn't yeah, that, agree that, more. That's a, yeah, that is a, that's a really great point because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, guys like yourself from PA and, you know, guys like us from Michigan, like when we're back home hunting, we're not passing those 130s and 140s. No, lunch gets you damn excited, man. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> like, like, you know. that, yeah, to get, get out to the, you know, the, you know, the Holy Grail and to be able to start passing those, but you know, as hard as that was back then, little did you know, like you were growing a lot during that time. Yep. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. I've never. It was day. It it took me a little bit to kill my first one out there, first year, and uh, it was day probably seven or eight, and I was videotaping, and I I rattled in about a hundred and forty inch eight point. I let him walk, mm. and I went back to camp, and I showed the guys on the property. They were like. They were pretty damn impressed that I passed that deer up in the hunt that far. Oh. You know, so I felt pretty damn good about myself no matter what after that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I was bound and determined to make sure I shot a 150. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, even like it, passing up a that's a huge deer. Now it had to be a mature deer, but like yeah, that, you yeah. you couldn't have been happy about passing that deer up because that was that would have probably been your biggest deer at the time, wouldn't have been. Yeah, I'd been right. I think I had a uh, 142 in the pocket at the time. Um, but yeah, that would have that would have uh, been right about there. Um, and the crazy thing about it is, it wasn't actually I would say hard. You know what I mean? Because I think I didn't want to let anybody down, including myself. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, it's all about inches. But when you go to a place like that, and you're waiting a few years to draw, I didn't want to come out of anything less than my goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, uh, you know, when you get those big eights like that coming through the timber, mm. <laughs> gosh, mm. they look awfully big, but Ryan, Ryan, what year was that very first trip out there to Iowa? Uh, 2010 was my first trip first year. Okay. Yep. In leading up to 2010, uh, cause you, you and a buddy went out there, correct? In 2010. Yeah. Like how were you guys, you know, was Iowa on the brain for kind of quite a bit of years before that, or were towards like 2008, 2009, where you're starting to think like, man, I, I would, I would really love to get out there and try that kind of style of whitetail hunting. Yeah, it was a good friend of mine does my taxidermy work. Uh, we are discussed it, you know, 2005, 2006, probably around there. We started talking about, you know, Iowa, the, you know, the Holy girl of whitetail hunting. And uh, he had actually reached out to an outfitter, and I think it was 08. And the outfitter was booked up because we didn't care. We're, we just want to go to Iowa, you know. Mm. Well, this guy kind of uh, was booked up, but he uh, pointed in the direction of these two gentlemen that run a very small outfit. They were very minimal hunters, only four archer hunters per year. So we're like, well, this sounds pretty good. And it had a little bit of mix. It wasn't like your traditional outfitter, a little bit DIY in there. And it's something we were really interested. We didn't really want somebody walking us to a tree stand or something like that. You know, we kind of wanted to do some stuff on our own. And it kind of led these paths of meeting uh, uh, Stephen Rogers, the gentleman's name. Uh, we started coming over the next couple of years, putting our preference points in in 08, 09, then we drew in 2010. But over that time frame, talking to these guys, uh, we've become really, really good friends. To this day, we're still good friends. Uh, it was a really cool experience about it leading up to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is, it, you know, and back then, this whole, you know, point issue that we're seeing today, that probably wasn't even an issue back then, was it? No, no. I like so I drew in twenty ten and I actually drew the second time in twenty thirteen. And then after that's when it started getting pretty popular. Um and it was started getting really hard to draw. Okay. So from twenty the twenty ten and twenty thirteen, did you go right back to the same kind of area and that, that part of Iowa in twenty thirteen that you did in twenty ten? Yep, yep. I was down in and around Van Buren County. Everybody knows yep, that yep. area in zone six. Um that's kind of where I was at. Um all three years that's where I've been is down in there. Nice, nice. Guys, it's never too late to add or upgrade to your fleet of trail cams. If you're looking to add or upgrade, check out ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Exodus has you covered with an unmatched five-year no BS warranty and customer service that is so fast you will think you're ordering from Jimmy John's. Don't wait. Head over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Check out the Exodus render along with the SP18 
Or if you're looking for a budget-friendly package, look at the Exodus Rival. Life's a passion. Pursue it at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. If you've been a listener of the podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of Garmin products. None bigger than the A1 Series bow sights. I've been shooting a Garmin bow sight since 2019 and in my opinion, hands down, makes you better in the moment of truth. For the past two seasons, I've shot the A1i Pro and my favorite feature of that sight is the confidence it gives you when I'm at full draw on a shooter buck and the moment just slows down. It helps the moment slow down in my opinion. No more movements of grabbing your rangefinder and ranging once, twice, three times, and then moving your dial to the correct yardage. Or for the fixed point hunters, trying to gap shoot. Just go to full draw, hit the range button, and make every shot count. If you want to learn more about Garmin bow sights, head over to Garmin.com. So after, so you went to 2010, and you you killed one down there in 2010, right? Yep, I killed a 155 um, on day 11 of my Iowa trip, which was... Uh, when you hear about Iowa, it was very humbling to kill on day 11 because by day 10, I was like, I suck. I'm <laughs> <in> freaking <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> I know I said I passed up some good deer. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, what the hell am I doing wrong here? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was just, it's just uh, God's way to, of uh, humbling you. You know what I mean? Uh, even oh, in a place yeah. like that, sometimes it ain't easy. Other, you know, um, other than the, the first trip, other than, you know, being afraid of you know not killing the right deer basically what were some other obstacles that you were going against that maybe like i mean i'm I'm thinking at day 11 you know when i went to iowa and and hunted i killed on day six and i was starting to think like my luck is gonna run out here like like i was feeling the pressure um self-inflicted pressure after day six you know um what were some of those other obstacles that were just kind of getting in the way and maybe being a little frustrated well it what happened that year too is we all know from this past year um was it was warm weather um which in iowa you still see a lot of deer i still still saw a lot of activity but i wasn't seeing uh, the big mature bucks up on their feet as much i would see maybe one a day in the distance stuff like that so that was a big obstacle where the weather really warmed up a little bit and kind of shut it down a little bit in that time span, which really hurt me, I feel. Okay. And which, of course, leads to your, as we all know from this past year of the warm weather, it leads to frustration over time. Over, oh, you yeah. know, yep. Drying away, you know. Yeah. What was that time period that you went in that very first year out there? Uh, I think the first year I was in there, I think I killed him on November – I think it was like November 11th or 12th and around there. So I was out there November 1st, 2nd, I think it's when I started hunting. And I think, I believe I killed him on the 11th or 12th when I killed him. Okay. Okay. Yep. Now, when you left that trip, I mean, that would have been, that's your biggest buck at the time. Now yep. you leave that trip, you're going back to PA. I mean, you're going back happier than hell, I'm guessing. You know, you're putting in for the next couple of years and then you draw again in three years. And yeah. You know, so kind of start taking us through that. You probably went, did you go to the same farm, same property? Uh, no, I, I actually, the, the, the property killed him the first one. Um, that's where we'll go back on the big guy. I uh, ended up back on that farm for the, for the, the third year. Um, but the, uh, I said, I spent 11 days in Iowa the first trip. I spent 20 minutes the second trip and killed oh, a 157. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you went from one extreme to the next. I'll never forget it. 
I got out there. Um, we we're, you know, what's good? They said they were same time cool. frame. I, Real quick, same yeah, time frame. Yeah, same time frame. I killed this one. I got out there. We got out there. I think Halloween started hunt November first, and uh, what was nice to spend eleven days and those guys really trusted me. Um, they 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 had a lot of respect for me. Um, they loved the way I hunted. I hunted hard, so they kind of took the handcuffs off. You know what I mean? And uh, I ended up hunting one gentleman's uh, farm. It was kind of an inside corner leading out to a soybean field. I'll never forget it. I sat down and I see a doe and I see a buck. It's like, you know, two year old, eight point or whatever it was. I go, that's pretty cool. He's chasing around a little bit. And I'm thinking, wouldn't that be something to a big one? Just come, you know, just join the group. You know what I mean? <laughs> no shit. As soon as I thought that I look over and here comes this buck and I'm thinking, no, no, it, but, but it's 20 minutes <laughs> in a hunt. Like you don't want to shoot something too small. You know what I mean? But I'm thinking that's a big ass deer. And he, yeah. he's coming. I'm like, and I'm trying to debate where do I shoot this deer or do I let it go this soon? And uh, he got in and I just saw that you, a lot of times I've noticed for the bigger deers, it's darker racks, heavier mass. And I'm thinking he's a shooter. And it was like, I don't know, chip shot 10, 15 yards or whatever. I shot him and uh, I'll never forget that. Um, but what ended up happening, I ended up catching him back just a little bit. He ran maybe 30 yards. He's by this inside corner and I'm watching the binos and I could see the hole in him by midship. He, dude, he stood there for like 20 minutes, finally walked off. I backed out. We actually came in the next morning, and uh, but he, he only went maybe 30 yards. He was laying there dead. But uh, that was my Iowa trip the second time. <laughs> so tell <laughs> me this. Next, man. Tell me yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that yeah. a morning hunt? That was an afternoon hunt. Afternoon yep. hunt. Because if it yep, was a morning, was I, I had a whole slew of different questions hunting inside corner <laughs> and bean field in the morning. Yep. Because Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure you would have. Yeah. Well Yeah, it was afternoon hunt. <laughs> I'm I'm yep. not against that by any means. I've actually shot good deer on field edges in the morning. So um I just you know, that's just kind of going against the grain of what the the vast majority of the hunting community says, basically. But uh well, Go ahead. What you you want to talk about build edges that what well, I'm not not to interrupt you, but we'll go back to 2010 when I told you I was there 11 days. Well, the one day, you know, I was getting, I don't know, it was probably towards the back end of the hunt. And uh, I ended up hunting this stupid strip of timber. I mean, it literally, you could spit across it. I'm thinking, man, I don't know, but they're telling me there's a big scrape line there. Tell me these big bucks run this strip. I'm like, man, there's no way from PA. I've never hunt there. Dude, I'll never forget. I saw 70 freaking deer that day. I think it was 20 some bucks. I routed multiple bucks to the tree and videotaped them like 130, 40 inch deer. It was one of the best days I ever had in a tree. And I was there from dark to dark, something of hunting a damn little strip of timber in the middle of a field. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's like, you know, that would never happen to PK. No. And, yeah, you know, I got kind of got a story like that. Sorry, David, I'm going to cut you off there. Uh, okay. Um, I used to work for the Kiefer, Kiefer Boys. And uh, Chris, actually, there was a farm that we had in Illinois. We had a stand called the old 28 and, um, same thing. It was on a, it was on an ag field, but it was just kind of a stupid piece of timber that jutted out into the ag field. And one day he rattled up 28 different bucks yeah. in a, in a yep. all day sit one day. That's, yep. and that's unreal. Rattled every single one of them up. And that's how the stand yep. got its name, Old 28. And it's just like one of those little stupid, dumb pieces of timber with crab apples yep. and just thicker, you know. And it's just like nothing. You look at it, there might only be one tree you can get into, but like yep. it, it could be ridiculous, you know. Oh, it was nonstop all day. It was. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? Just the middle of a damn field. Yeah. 
Only yeah. in Iowa. Only in Iowa. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you it's, that's, that's such a good topic because it's, if I could tell anyone one thing, and this is this would be from learning from failure. This is something that I've done where it's like, I think, you know, boys like us that come from these really high pressured states, these really, you know, the states that don't produce the biggest bucks and that are just tough to kill is, you know, you can take some of that with you when you travel to the Midwest and some of these high end states, but don't like, don't take everything with you because man, like even when, even when I was in Iowa, I probably not wasted, but I probably burnt two or three days kind of overlooking stuff where I'm like, there's no way they would come from a, you know, that's a CRP field. I, I would never touch that here in Michigan, but then two or three days later, I'm like every freaking buck in the morning is coming off that CRP field down into this, the littlest strip of freaking timber there. And it's like, Dude, you have to be able to adjust to what the whitetails are actually doing where you're hunting. Yeah, like you get out in areas like that, like it, it, it is easier hunting. Not to take anything away from people out there, um, but it is easier hunting. I guess you say simpler tactics work out there compared mm-hmm. to us guys in Michigan or PA. Did not take yeah. anything away from them guys, but it's honest truth. Some of them tactics you do read about in magazines or you see on TV out there like especially rattling out there is phenomenal out there rattling doesn't really work for me here out there every damn time you hit the horns together a lot of times something's coming in a spike or 160 inch or you know it's crazy yeah Yeah. i would say so i I gotta i gotta ask you something real quick ryan so 2013 you spent 20 some minutes in the tree after the first hunt you spent 11 days when you made that phone call back home to the wife, did she even believe you that you killed one? And, you know, eleven days. Yeah, when you go eleven <laughs> days to twenty minutes. Yeah, but I think yeah. there were a couple of bodies. Well, the crazy thing is, too, I was there with two other buddies. I killed. I killed the first day. Then my other buddy killed the third day. Then the other guy killed the fourth day. So we were basically all three of us done within like four days. We were done in Iowa. So well, it was man. crazy. If it, you call, we just hit it. It was cold front. We had a cold front come through. Um, like I said, it was November 2nd, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, the cold front come through and it was lights out. It, you know, it, you couldn't ask for any better uh, conditions out there. Yeah. You, and you, you're teeing that up perfectly. Like you hit that perfect three to four day window when the most important thing would be is just to be in a freaking tree during that time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ryan, if you exactly. called your, if you called your wife right after that, I think you. Well, I mean, you could have called her and just said, "Hey, what, how's your day going?" But I think you really messed up because you killed twenty minutes into it. You're you're not killing to the wife until like day eight. You know, and we're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, milking this yeah. thing. You yeah. know, we're yeah. milking Wait, the hell out of it. That that was actually 2013, and it was it was an awesome year because I killed that buck on like I said it was the first. You know, I was there twenty minutes. We we're we were back in PA, I think, on like the sixth. And I ended up killing my biggest PA buck with a bow, one a one thirty five on the ninth. Damn! Uh, oh, so, so you want to talk about one hell of a week, man? That was probably one of the best weeks I've ever had white tail hunting. That's awesome! Awesome! Yep. That is. Uh, I was gonna go back to a question I had. Now I cannot remember what that was. But okay, so we're in twenty thirteen. You kill twenty minutes into it. You said it was a one fifty seven. Is that what you said? One fifty seven. Yep. One fifty seven. So that's a stud. Mm-hmm. And then, so now you're. If you hadn't had a pinch me moment yet, I mean, two years. You know, two two times going, and you've killed two really good bucks. I mean, you're coming back home, and and you're putting in for points again. When did you draw that third time? 
Um, I, I ended up, uh, I didn't draw, I actually put points in a couple times that I actually took a break from a little while from Iowa. And, um, but I think I had four points in my pocket and I drew again for 2020 is when I went back out for my third time. Okay. Okay. And then what, how did that break down? Like same property, same group of buddies or what was it? I was, I was there by myself. Um, I, I, what's, what's awesome is I, I stay in a, a little, it's like kind of a boy scout camp or something, little cabin. All it is, man, is, is a little kitchen, a little, you know, queen size bed, shit or shower. And that's it. There's no TV, no nothing. That's awesome. Man, you get up, you hunt white tail, dark to dark. You come home, you eat and you go to bed and you get up. And you hunt whitetail again for the next twelve hours. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> there's, there's just, there's no other than calling your wife, tell you're okay, and talk to the kid or whatever like that. It, it, there's no outside influence. There's no news. There's no media. There's nothing. It is just you playing the game with the whitetails. That is it, and it is freaking awesome. That sounds like a hell yeah, of a I, good time to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not only a good time, but I there, there's something to be said about that. Where, you know. A lot of times there's things in our daily life, I think, that we just overlook and overthink that we're just doing it and they kind of preoccupy our, you know, our minds and our time where it's like when you, like you said, you get on those hunts, man, and you're just, you're doing, all you're doing is hunting. You know, your one worry is, a, you know, maybe call back home and check in the wife and kids, but outside of that, it's like hunting and hey what am i gonna eat for dinner type of thing like that is it man and and when your head's in it like that it's i think you're dialed and you're really tuned in with everything that's going on around you especially spending you know every day in the timber or wherever you're hunting like day in day out every daylight minute you're out there where it's like you're you're almost becoming one with the woods out there yeah and my mentality my hunting strategy like i said doesn't change um just mm -hmm. because i'm in iowa how I hunt in PA is exactly how I hunt in Iowa. I do not change. Other than the only thing I change when I'm in Iowa is I call. It, it, a lot more than I would in PA, rattling wise. That is the thing that that's, that's really the only thing tactic wise that changes for me. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. tell me this, Ryan. So you've been on this farm two years, you know, two other times prior to this. Were you yeah. going into this? Were you doing any summer scouting? Knowing after you drew the tag, were you going out there summer scouting? Were you running cameras? Like what? What was what was your whole approach to this like ten to eleven day hunt? Like what were what were you trying? Were you just like, hey, I'm I know some good areas here. I'm just gonna go hunt them until I kill something, or was it something different? Um, basically out there, like uh, the guys that I hunt with out there, um, they own the property. They would send us trail cam pictures stuff like that but we didn't personally run any uh we didn't run any cameras ourselves um okay. those guys have and they'd send some pictures velvet pictures out there for me I, i'm not chasing one particular buck i'm just trying to kill 150 plus inch deer um so i know they're, they're there um and after that being there 11 days that first time i learned everything the property wise so i knew where the hot spots were it, you know going into that third year already um so i was pretty confident where i knew i wanted to be in 2020 to kill okay. a solid buck okay so how what was the time frame you're there same time frame i'm guessing um i the hunt started the first day i was there um i hunted the morning of halloween would been the first morning i was there okay and then what what was your weather look like shaping up to be that whole week you were there um, 2020, if we all remember, ended up being kind of like 2022. We had that hot weather coming in 
And I kind of remember seeing the forecast. I hunted Halloween, and I pretty much the last thing it was really cold morning was going to be like November 2nd. Um, so you're only going to have about two, three day window of pretty good weather. And it was probably going to start getting a little rough, you know, tough hunting. I mean, for, for Iowa, tough hunting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was going to slow the activity down a little bit. You're still going to see some deer, but it's definitely going to slow it down. So Halloween, the condition, I remember it was a frosty morning, the first morning there. Um, I ended up seeing, uh, first morning, I ended up seeing a pretty solid buck, probably, he's probably in the 40s, I'd say. I called to him nothing, seen some young bucks and that. Um, I actually did hunt all day the first day. Um, I actually did warm up a little bit that day. I ended up getting out of a tree, got lunch, went back in one, two o'clock, something like that. Um, they ended up, I remember right at dusk, I ended up seeing just absolute slob. I was hunting uh, kind of a, a piece of timber that there was a little bit of a clover field there. And there was an overgrown field and he was coming through the overgrown field and he was mid sixties all day. Easy. And, uh, that smart son of a bitch got downwind of me and wasn't playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was day one there. Um, it was cool to see a couple good bucks. Um, saw a fair amount of deer. Um, but to see that big one, uh, towards the evening, um, it's like, you know why you're there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And you, you nailed it on the weather too, Ryan, because I, I actually happened to be in the same kind of, you know, Southern part of Iowa in, in 2020 also, but I didn't roll out to November 5th. And when we were rolling out there, I mean, we were hunting in t-shirts for the first three or four days. And my buddy and I, I can remember us talking about it, that man, he looked back at, you know, somewhere between like the 23rd, 24th, 25th of October through Halloween they were uh they were killing some stuff in Iowa that year where it's like you know so you know if I was putting myself in your shoes where you beat us out there by a few days so you you still had like you know the tail end of that cold front but looking at the forecast you got to be thinking like shit dude like it was in the 70s it was like 72 73 degrees you know that second week of November that whole week looked like that yep 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 so then you know after that first first day you know, you see two pretty good, pretty darn good deer. Yeah. How did how did how did the next couple of days shake up when you know this 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 warm up this warm front is basically coming? Well, it was pretty interesting. November second, the next day, I will argue it was the greatest day of white tail hunting I've ever had in my entire life. Um, we had a little bit. I don't know if it was because of warm weather coming through or whatever, but. The next day was scheduled high winds. I'm talking 30, 40 mile an hour all day long. Well, I ended up hunting. What I wanted to do was hunt this creek bottom off this property where I killed in uh, 2010. I killed that mid-150s. I wanted to hunt that same property. Um, so I walked back in there, got in the stand, and from the time the sun rose to the time the sun set, with that high wind, 30, 40 mile an hour, you couldn't really hear anything. But I saw so – I ended up seeing – I, I'm trying to go back and remember here, but I think it was 40 some deer I saw that day, 20 some bucks. I think it was like two dozen bucks and roughly two dozen doe I saw that day. It was nonstop all day. Um, first thing in the morning, I saw probably a buck pushing Boone and Crockett, uh, chasing a doe. He had no, I, it was so windy you couldn't really call, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I passed up, I had a couple nice hunter, like 120s come in, some 130s. And then it was probably midday. I saw really, I got video of this buck. Um, seen him out towards his field edge and uh, I actually called and he heard me and I have video of this buck coming in and he's every bit of mid 140s pushing 150 biggest buck to this day I've ever passed in my life um he was definitely touching 150 I figured 
And man, I he come in on video. It was one of those things. You know how they walk away? They look bigger. Oh, well, he's oh, walking yeah. in on video, and I look at him. I'm like, in F. I should be shooting that maybe. <laughs> you know, I was like, I hurried up, put the, I put the phone down. I grabbed the bow. I'm thinking he's just standing there. I'm like, man, I'm like, that's a big freaking buck. I can't believe I just passed him. But I'm like, and I should shoot this damn thing. But I'm like, you know what? If you picked up that phone before you picked up that bow, he's not where you're here in Iowa. He was a great buck. I'm that's not, I'm no, we're not going to end it today. So I ended up letting him walk. I saw, I, I have video of the, these other bucks I saw. It was just a phenomenal day. But I ended up, it was so windy, like I said that day. I remember sitting there, turning around in the stand, and literally like 15 yards from my tree is this 150-inch mature buck just walking right in front of me. Like he coming from nowhere. Out of nowhere. I grabbed that bow as quick as I could, come the full draw, and I'm just yelling, bleep, yelling, <laughs> stop here. He couldn't hear me. And before I know, he was out of my shooting lane. He was out of my life. Oh, he was like right there, like 15. I mean, it was like he's the buck I come to Iowa for. He was a beautiful deer. But what I learned in that day was all these deer were kind of focusing on this ridge. Uh, would have been north of here where I was hunting. Um, they're all coming out of these drains and everything else. And then as it sunset, I saw a couple other big bucks come off this ridge system. And this all set up day three, which ends up being the day. So, oh gosh, I love this. See, yeah, I'm ready to get into it now. You got I me mean, all juiced if up. You have, oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, I, anybody can experience a day like I mean, it was just uh, for a PA boy. I mean, like, so I've been, you know, I've put a couple of days in Iowa already, you know, over the couple of years, but that day there, as windy as it was, because you had, I was so tired. I had such a migraine by the end of the day because you couldn't hear, you know, mm -hmm. so you're on a swivel and it was just constant deer buck doe buck buck chasing this it, you, you could have your head was on a swivel i was worn out by the end of the day oh my gosh <laughs> what well i have to ask you you know after a day like that you know and you've seen what i was like two other trips that were you thinking you're like shit like this might have been this was the day this might have been the day or were you pretty fired up that were you thinking dude it's only a matter of time the warm temps were coming in the next day but it was going to frost overnight so the way I was looking at it, all that deer activity I saw in there, where I was seeing the concentration of the deer activity in the frost in the morning, that played into my decision where I wanted to sit the next day. That's mm -hmm. kind of how that played out with that. With, yeah. Because the weather was coming. I saw it. It was. I think it was going to be in the 60s the next day, uh, but I was going to get a frost so that, that early to mid-morning was still going to be very productive still, I figured, before things yeah. started slowing down. And with that, with that frost meant that the wind was also going to die down with that then, correct? Yeah. It was going to die down and I figured it, it was going to be a really, really good morning. Yeah. Yeah. High pressure, frosty morning that you can't beat them. Yep. So when, when you see all these deer using this ridge system coming in the next morning, now I know you're a mobile hunter, so you're, you're, you're taking your set down, bringing it with you, hanging it and yada, yada. Were you like, I got to get in this ridge this ridge system going in blind never been being in there before or like how did that all shake out well what happened was this goes back to the 2013 season now um my buddy and his buddy had gone out here out to this out to this piece of property in 2013 that summer before we went out they had actually found a, a heavy ditch crossing and right at the point of the ditch crossing it kind of there was maybe about a 50 yard gap from where the ditch petered out to where the field edge was everything was pinched down right there it was like a real steep ditch and then everything funneled right there well they ended up sticking a fixed stand right there 
my buddy in 2013 on that day four or five, whatever, said we all tagged out within a handful of days. He was the third one to tag out. He killed just an absolute slob of a, I mean, that deer had to be six and a half plus year old deer. That deer, if it wasn't 280, it didn't weigh nothing. It was just an absolute monster, like 140, 50 inch deer, but just a toad, you know. And whenever I saw all these deer, I remembered that stand was up in there still in that end of that ditch. That played into my part. I'm thinking I knew there was a fixed stand there. I could get in there quiet in the morning, and that's where I wanted to be. That's how that played out with that situation. Take us through that day then when you get into the tree. I mean, are you are you worried that the stand has been there for for like seven years, six, seven years, like nobody's checked it or anything like that? Um, it, it was checked on the land oh, okay. rover. He had checked it. So yeah, I wasn't too concerned about it. I think they had put new straps on actually that year. They knew we were coming out there. Um, but it was an interesting morning, uh, parked my truck, actually at the farmer's house. Um, it was kind of logging road. It, it wasn't too hard to get to, um, back in there a couple hundred yards, but I forget, like I said, this is the last frosty morning. It's going to get warm boys. So we're, 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 we're all in right now. <laughs> I never forget um, the guy that I hunt with. They're real big out there, coyote hunting, running dogs and stuff like that, you know. Well, he has his own dogs all kenneled up and stuff. Well, apparently one got out. Well, I'm sitting here in this tree stand. I hear this dog barking down at the house. This dog's getting closer. It's getting closer. And it's getting – it's like it's getting that time to where you're starting to get a little excited in that tree stand, you know. Sun's coming up, and you're just waiting for the big guy to come out, you know. Well, all of a sudden, I hear something running coming towards me. I'm like, oh, here we go, you know. Here comes his effing dog. He literally trailed me from my truck the whole <laughs> way back into this timber, comes to my freaking tree at prime time. I'm thinking, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> you know, this is the last freaking good, like, it's going to get 70. And this yeah. freaking dog goes a couple hundred yards from it and tracks me to the freaking tree. <laughs> I'm thinking, you got to be shitting me. You got to be shitting Well, I text the landowner. I, I don't remember how the dog, whatever happened. He ended up leaving, thank God. And but I'm thinking, you know what? It it just one of them things you all know. Whenever that shit happens, it usually ends up being good. Yeah. It, that's yeah. usually how it ends up playing out. <laughs> so anyway, the dog leaves to give it 10, 15 minutes. It's after seven o'clock, whatever damn time it is. And I crack him horns together. And I said, Rattle and I was just phenomenal. I crack him horns together, and here comes a buck. I'm looking and uh becomes his buck. I can see a pretty decent buck. You know, I'm looking like, yeah, bought binos. Not what I'm looking for. It was actually kind of a non-typical looking three-year-old, probably 130-ish, I'd say, in around there. And that son of a bitch literally came to the 20-foot sticks. He literally comes to the sticks, sniffs the sticks, looks up at me, and just goes about his business. I'm thinking, yep, you're definitely in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And, uh, yeah, now that, and then that was probably a little after seven. I gave it probably uh, another 15, 20 minutes. And, uh and then before that all started, like it got day like where I had my range finder out. Anybody that follows me knows I, I shoot a damn dinosaur for a bow. So back in 2020, she was about 15 years old at that time. And I shoot a single pin HHA sight. I've always shot the same thing. Um, I do not move my sight. Um, I shoot a 20 yard fixed pin. I I'll gap shoot out to 40 yards. Uh, just how I shoot. It's I almost distinctive. I shoot it. And, but before that, well, with all that leading up to that, I know that bow, I'm very confident bow. Um, but I took a couple of ranges that morning off a couple of game trails I could see off that ditch. And I remember the one furthest trail was like 42 yards. I said, well, that's about first I can shoot if the buck comes that way. But anyway, after that buck that left, that I called the base a tree, weighed 15, 20 minutes. I cracked him horns together a good again. 
sitting there and man, I just saw that dark, that dark shadow coming through the timber. And I seen him, he was out there 60, 70 yards and he's looking my way. I wasn't sure at first, like he's pretty good deer. I grabbed him by and I put it on him. I said, game on. Yeah. I knew. <laughs> I just saw mass, dark horns. And, uh, but I tell you what, them big old deer, even in Iowa, they know something's up. And, uh, he was looking down my way. I have my boat early ready and I'm thinking, man, he's going to be just out of range, you know, cause he, he knows something's up, He but he doesn't know what, you know, he's looking for the fight, you know? And I was sitting a little bit of, there's a little bit of a ridge there where I think he thought I was down a little further the buck fight. And I think that's what got him in trouble because he come up and he hit that trail at 42 yards and then I knew it was game on then. Now it was going to get interesting. And I'm telling you this day, this is ingrained in my head. He come across there and I pulled that bow back and I said, I shoot, I use my 20 yard pin. I said, I'm just going to put it about six inches above his back and I'm going to kill him. Whenever I saw up there, it was the damnedest thing. I still remember this day. I mouth bleeded and I hit my trigger at the exact same time. Cause when I hit that, when I bleeded, I went, Matt, he snapped his head up so quick and looked at me. And one time he actually, like I said, I bleeded, I punched the trigger, my thumb trigger. He knew the gig was up. I'll never forget him looking right at me at the same time. He turned away. He spun completely 180 to go back the other way. He knew he was in trouble, but as lucky the air had hit him. I hit him and, when I hit him, I thought I hit him pretty good, but the part that made me nervous with him is when he ran away, I could still see the arrow sticking out like a pretty good way on the entry side. And the first time, like, shit, I hit shoulder, shoulder leg. I was pretty nervous. Well, he ran off. He ran off a ways. I waited. I didn't wait long, five, ten minutes. I got down and like, man, you know, it's the high of highs and then the lows of lows. You're thinking, man, shoulder shot, you know? Cause I blow through everything typically. So I was pretty nervous. So I get down, no blood. I didn't go very far, 30, 40 yards, got out of that ditch. Whenever I saw him run a little bit of a, little bit of a rise in the, in the, in the hill there, look over and I see tail run tells in general, a couple of deer take off. Like, Son of a bitch. I just jumped him, you know, no sooner I'm looking off to my left, these deer, something catches my eyes to my right. I look and what the hell? And I can see a, a, a you know, the, the tail fluttering. I grabbed the bonds, look up with him and he's just standing there and you can see him almost he's dying. You know, his tail's flickering. He, he's gagging. What, yeah. Dude, all I did was I backed out of there. I backed out of there. I was like, Nope, we ain't even playing this game. I never forget. I walked out of there. I mean, he, I figured I was pretty confident. You know what I mean? For what I was saying, but I went back, I called a couple buddies and uh, I gave him four hours before I even decided to go back in to look for him. And he was he was laying right there where you last saw him. Yeah, I, I I come back out of there. I called a couple people. I think I actually posted something on Instagram. I had like a million messages. Like he's dead. He's dead. I'm like, yeah, you're like ninety percent sure, but you know, until you until yeah. you walk up yeah. on him, you, you know what I mean. And I went back to the cabin, and it was a long freaking four hours. You know, talked to a couple people on the phone and stuff like that. And I uh, ended up going back in, grabbed my bow. I never forget. I walked up, and I made sure I was downwind. You know, <clears throat> so that. Uh, of him where I thought he was just in case he was still alive. And there was a little bit of bowl there and same thing. He's a couple of deer take off running. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know what I mean? I'm looking. Well, I see these deer take off and all of a sudden I see him up there 80, 90 yards or whatever, but how he's sitting, he's sitting like, like a puppy dog. He's sitting there and I can't tell if he's dead or not, you know? 
and I'm thinking he's dead. Well, I well, let me back up here a second. I see him laying there. I call my wife. Like as soon as I do it, I call my wife. Like I got him. But as I'm walking up there, I'm like, yeah, oh, he's laying. It's like, is he still alive? I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta call you back. I can make sure he's dead. And I kind of snuggled a little more, and I kind of figured out he was dead. He he was dead when I saw him. When I Dang. saw him, you know, four hours earlier, he was done. But it just it's always best to back out in them big bucks. And dude, I went up there, and to be honest, yeah, I didn't know what I killed at first. Um, I was happy. I was pumped. I'm like, man, that, that's a good buck. And uh, I think just the overall, just the four hours of weight and everything else, your adrenaline, highs and lows, um, I knew he was good. And then got a hold of the landowner. He come up side by side. We're talking. He goes, boy, that's a good buck. And whenever an Iowa guy tells you that, you know, then you start to like, like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, he was, <laughs> you know, he started looking at him a little better, you know what I mean? Let the emotions come down and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty I was pretty pumped, let me tell you. So, oh, man. <laughs> that is wild. That is that is crazy. And that was a morning hunt too, right? I mean, yeah. after that yeah, dog came in there, after that dog came in there, and yeah, I was all within like an hour, forty five minutes. That shit show happened, <laughs> you know. You know, <laughs> and it's like yeah, you know. But it was just kind of crazy. Like I spent so much time in a tree twenty ten, and then twenty thirteen and twenty twenty, I spent like three days total. It, it just. It's just crazy how hunting can be sometimes. I don't care if you're an Iowa or PA or whatever. You get your balls kicked in, and then sometimes you make it look easy, I guess. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now you're just tripping into them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, mean, like, I mean, like like they always say, you know, anything can happen in a matter of seconds. Your entire season can change, you know? Yep. But, yeah, it's what's wild is that listening to that story, and even with the, the dog – it was almost like mother nature dialed up the perfect recipe for that kind of morning. You know what I mean? With, with what was coming ahead, you could see in the future on, on the weather forecast and, and even that really windy day, like, you know, even that was, sounds like one of the best days you've ever had in a tree. That's not enjoyable sitting out. Like those, those high winds like that. Exhausting. Yep. Exhausting. So how how big how big was this deer then? What what are we talking here, Ryan? Um, he was just a shade over one sixty. Um, taped oh, yeah. him out, and he he's basically a mainframe eight. Um, he has a split two split two on one side and split at the end like crab claw. Um, he is back there. Last time I moved, we we got shut off there, but I don't know if he's back in there if we can see him or not. I don't want to kick you guys off again, <laughs> but uh, he is right right there. Yeah, he was around 260 plus pounds. He was just an absolute tank. Figured he was uh, figured he was six and a half years old. I took him into the the uh, tax numbers there locally, uh, have him caped out, you know, the head wise with all that stuff. CWD, you know, you got to have that all taken care of. So we looked at his teeth. We figured he was at least six and a half, probably. So yeah, yeah, he he looks like an Iowa whitetail. He he has that look too. That's what I went there for. Like I said, I, I I've been blessed to be there a few times. Killed a couple of nice buck. That is just like a just big mature buck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just no matter his score is, he was just a freaking toad laying there. This the the sheer body size and mastin was just it was freaking. I don't care if he was one. 40 to be honest with you just the mass and the body size of that deer was just incredible yeah 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 and I, I i tell you what you know like i i think it's really cool that you know you can hunt whitetails in so many different states across the country but still to this day like give me that midwestern full-bodied november whitetail and i will take that seven days a week over anything else oh, yeah. i love that 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Like it's, you know, it's it's. I, I always tell my buddies, it's like, hey, don't get me wrong. I I will I will rip one the very first week. That's always kind of the plan, right? But like, if I don't, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let their necks fill out for, for a little bit before I go shoot one. We're still working on the before <laughs> picture with them, yeah, <laughs> beefing <okay>. them up. <laughs> yeah. So, so I I gotta ask you though. You know, so you went in 2010, 2013, then 2020. So you, you took a little bit of gap in there between 2013 and 2020. You know, looking ahead, you know, as you know, as long as everything today is good with the health and the family, do you foresee yourself ever skipping an Iowa season again? No, um, we talked off air here. Um, I'm planning on going back this year. Um, yep. I'm giving up a hell of a place. It is. It's a hell of a place. Those guys are fantastic. Um, but I've had an opportunity to come up. Um, I'm going to go to a different zone. Uh, point creep, it does suck in Iowa. We all know. Um, so I am going to venture off to another zone where it's a little easier to draw. Um, so I'm hoping – I have, think I have two points, so I'm hoping to draw this year. Uh, and if I go every two, three years, that's my goal. You know, try to yep. go back every two, three years and try to kill. Um, my goal is going to be four-and-a-half-plus year old, maybe, you know, do I want to hold out for 150? We'll see. Depends what this new zone holds out, you know, what it has. But my goal is going to be a four-and-a-half-year-old plus the year to start. And then score-wise, we'll just see what the area holds. Um, but pretty much the area I'm going into, it's uh, handcuffs are off completely. I'm going to be on my own, uh, uh, run a gun every hunt. Um, and to be honest, I might not run any cameras. Um, I may just strictly straight-up woodsmanship where it's just, you know, reading the sign, reading the tracks and, Right one comes by, I'm going to kill him. And if I get yeah. on something really big and I see something big, and then maybe I hold out for it. We'll, but we'll play it day to day if I draw this year. Yeah. I'm back again with some codes to help you save on some great outdoor products. If you're looking for a new bow, go try out the new RevX from Prime at g5prime.com. And if you're looking for a new custom string to go with the new bow or an existing bow, Go to americasbestbowstrings.com and use the code THEFALL to save some money. Lastly, but certainly not least, I know you're probably looking for some arrows. So go to methodarchery.com, check out their custom arrows, use their arrow builder, build out your arrows, and use the code FALL10 to save on your next purchase. It is spring and I'm going to be doing some turkey hunting in a Buck Bourbon Rackhouse 300 plus ground blind. They have the patented one-way mesh window so the critters can't see you while you're doing your backstrap ballet just before you go to full draw. They also offer the saloon style spring door for added room while trying to enter and exit the blind. Everyone's done in a time or two. Your pack gets hung up on the top of the door or the zipper alerts a roosted gobbler in the tree above. No more of that. Buck Bourbon has made the door bigger and eliminated the zipper. So let Buck Bourbon help you in the aid of getting your next trophy. Check them out at buckbourbon.com and use the code TFP20 to save on your next purchase. Yeah, I I like that plan. And, you know, you kind of talk about point creep a little bit that... My buddies and I, we talk about this often. It's like, you know, not like we're, you know, real old in age, but it's like you start thinking about only being able to go to Iowa, say four or five, maybe even six years anymore. You really start thinking about like, well, how many more trips can I get? And really, how many more trips can I go out there and hunt the way I like to hunt right now? Like how long will my body take that? You know, that that's a real, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a real concern right now. I'm 46, man. I'm getting old. You, you look at down there in the South. I mean, you're talking five years, maybe six. They're talking about, you know, I'm hoping good Lord gives me another 20 years of this, you know what I mean? The chase for plus 25 years, hopefully, but you start doing the map, 
you know, you might get out there four more times, maybe. maybe you know what I mean? At the most. And I yeah. think you're yeah. in the 70 out there on that last one, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I, that's yeah. what I'm trying to kind of plan because, you know, I love PA. I absolutely – It's I mean, you guys understand it come from Michigan. It's hard for people to understand why you want to shoot a 120. Uh, man, mm-hmm. it, it, it's – for whatever dumb reason, man, I like the hunt shit that's tough. It, I, I just like – putting the time in, get my ass kicked and killing 120 deer. If that's what it is, man, that gets me fired up in PA. Um, but I like to kill giants too, or really big bucks. And oh, yeah. for me to do that consistently every two or three years, if I can do it in Iowa, that's why I want to go there. That that's kind of my, you know what? I don't mind getting my balls kicked in and killing a decent buck in PA occasionally. Um, but man, that's my reward going to Iowa. <laughs> don't fall that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's perfectly said, man. You got it right. Get your balls kicked in at home and do it long enough, and then the you know get the good Lord will pr- produce something big for you in the Midwest. <laughs> you know what, man? I mean, like I said, I go out there and it takes twenty minutes again. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yep. You know, Ryan, I got something. Uh, I was telling David today. I think it was today. We were on the phone and. And uh, I said, man, I want to shoot another Booner. And uh, he goes, uh, eh, or I can't remember what you said. Something about, uh, um, well, you, you. This is how it. This is how it went down. Okay, Aaron. You know, because you know, we're we're hoping to be. Sounds like we're probably be headed to Kansas this year, long as we draw on. And uh, Aaron says something along the lines. He's like, man, I uh, I'd like to shoot another Booner. You know, like I, w- I want my third Booner. You know, and I was like. I was like, geez, geez, asshole. I'm just looking to see one someday, you know, well, like, but hey, no big deal. No big the, deal, buddy. You know, the thing I got going for me though. So I shot one in 19 and then yeah. shot one in 21 and now it's 23. So if we're doing the every two year rule, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we're knocking yeah. on the door. All right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? My number one bucket list goal if my hunting career, where the hell you want to, want to call it. Is I want to kill my number one is kill one gross Boone and Crockett. Ain't no net shit. I want one gross Boone. I don't care if it's a rifle, a shotgun, a bow. I want one gross Boone and Crockett. That's my goal. And realistically, I'm going to do it one place in this world. It's probably going to be Iowa. Mm -hmm. So do you roll the dice, draw Iowa? You know, you got a couple to chase. Do you, do you eat an Iowa tag? So, okay. Do you eat an Iowa tag to kill that number one goal? I'm glad you brought this up, Ryan, because. If I'm you right now, now you don't need my advice, but I'm just saying if, if I'm Ryan Glitzky right now, I've been there three years and killed three good bucks, I feel like my headspace is like, okay, that's my goal. I will eat an Iowa tag for that gross yeah. booner. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on, though. Let, let me play the flip side to that. <laughs> let, me, let, let me play the flip side to that because in, in a lot of ways, I agree with what Aaron said. But just like Ryan said a couple minutes ago, this is a this is like a fresh start. He doesn't know kind of what that you know what the neighborhood may produce. He like yes, it is Iowa, but this is different now. Like this is we're kind of, we're kind of starting with a blank canvas at yeah. a new place, so it's 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 hard. But I agree with Aaron in a lot of ways. I I understand that. Well, but and yeah, you can't uh, kill a booner. That's just the flip side. Well, and you can't kill a booner if you don't have one. So, well, that's mm-hmm. like too. That's what I say. If there, if I know there's a couple on the property, uh, which I knew there was last year, there was a couple of giants, um, that does come into play. Um, but in the, the day, 
killers kill, man. If you want to be a killer, you got to kill too. So it's, 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 it's a double edged sword, boys. <laughs> Ryan, that's why my first Michigan buck last year grossed at 111. I'm not a big numbers guy. That just, it is a goal one day to kill a gross yeah. booner. Um, but if I go out there and I kill a four and a half year old, 142 inch toad, I will be the happiest guy in the world. Hell yeah. And I, I it'll be worth every bit of it out there. You know, 100%, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just fun question here for you, Ryan, because I don't think you care how he makes gross boon as long as he makes it. But let's just say, uh, let's say you get to paint this deer up. Why don't you paint us a picture of what this gross boon is? Are we talking, you know, typical six by six or what, what, mm, what's kind man. of, what would be your flavor if you could have one? Oh, you ever seen a Boone and Crockett eight point? <laughs> hey, I actually That's a big flipping deer, man. Hey, it isn't isn't the uh the world record for an eight point is out of Michigan, isn't it? Am I correct with that, Aaron? Uh I killed down and put it this way, you guys ever seen you ever seen the the you know the lucky buck, the minerals, you know, the white bucket? Yeah. That, that big that big eight point on the front was killed down in uh, southern Michigan back early two thousands maybe, and I think that eight point. Oh God, I don't even want because you know we're gonna be live on there here. Look it up real quick for me, Aaron. But I think I think that eight point might have pushed the eighty mark. As yeah, as I think it, the more records in the eighties, I believe. Yeah, I, I remember. The, yeah, I think yeah. it's in the eighties. I believe so. Not one hundred percent sure, but. Um, I saw one out there the first trip to Iowa. I saw it at nighttime. We went out to dinner, come back, and it is the biggest animal today I've ever seen on hoof. On hoof, whatever, excuse me. They come across his road on his doe, and I'll never forget this animal. It was an eight point, and he was every bit of Boone and Crockett, I'm telling you. It was the damn, it looked like a freaking, it didn't even look real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even look real. You know, yeah. it was unbelievable, but yeah. I wouldn't mind like, Hey, I'll, I'll settle for like a, like a, maybe uh, I mean, if it's going to be gross, I wouldn't mind a drop time. You know, I want some mass. Go. I don't want no yeah. spindly little, I don't want to, you know, I don't mind junk either. Non typical to get there, but I want some mass. I don't want no little thin, little, I want heavy dark horned and him to get there. If it's non typical or typical, whatever, just, I, I want a mature buck. I don't want one of those little scrawny things that got 20 points sticking out everywhere and he ended up making booner you know I, I yep. one it looks like bam that's a booner you know <laughs> yeah yep. okay hey if you if you find one with you find an eight point that's gonna make it he's gonna have that mask because he's gonna need it to get there <laughs> all right all right i yep. found so this is not the michigan deer okay but this right. is the world record eight pointer okay oh let me get back here World record eight pointer shot by a guy by the name of Jason Sanders, and he's from Illinois. He it doesn't say he shot in Illinois, but I think it was shot in Illinois. Um, mm -hmm. Typical eight pointer, biggest one ever killed, free range, uh, in fair chase conditions. It nets at one eighty three and an eighth, and the current world record eight is one hundred eighty and three eighths. So that's giant. I mean, this deer, this deer, I mean, unreal. Yeah. That's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have to find, man. I mean, 130 inch is a good deer. I mean, you see 130 inch eight, 
coming. You're taking a bow off the hanger. Yeah. You know, yep. it was eight points, man. You're, I know. I love big H, man. I, that's like yeah. I said, the buck I killed, that's kind of a mainframe eight. I just, that mass, man, I just love that shit. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep. No, so so this one in Michigan, so I just looked it up. I found it. It's uh, He grows to 184 and an eighth. It's a clean eight, just clean eight. And he netted he netted 180 and three eighths. So that must he be killed in, that must be the guy that's t- the the world record eight because it was 180 and three eighths in this article. Yep. So it, it's so the only reason I, I know about it so well, it, one, it was killed here in Michigan, but at our local Bass Pro shops, they have a replica when you walk in, and I'm, I mean, this thing's mass. It will it will go toe to toe with any elk antler out there. It was. Oh wait a minute! What's this shit you guys complain about there in Michigan? You guys, have to- <laughs> we don't complain. There's a lot more other people that complain. Yep, yep. But this, uh, I think it's what does it say here? The, the you know, one of the the, the brow one of the brow tines itself is 13 inches. You know what I mean? So this thing was, but he he is a clean eight. I mean, you got to think what 184 net to no 184 gross to 184 net. Like he's. Man, hey, that's big man. Nets are for yeah. fish, though. We just grossed here. If they it grows, yeah, give it to right. them. Right? Yeah, we grossed. <laughs> yeah. No. Yep. Nets are. I for agree. Fish. I've always that's that's the way I was brought up, man. If he grows it, give it to him. You're well, damn right. So Ryan, right. you're telling me you don't want like a whole bunch of points that gets a deer to a booner because, um, my first booner was <laughs> he's got 17 <laughs> scoreable. Okay. Well, <laughs> but but this deer has I mean Coke cans bases. His bases are over six almost six and three slide. quarters. Yeah, we're okay. As long as he's got the mass, I'm not I'm oh, he's got David seen him. Math, man. David's seen him personally. Uh, well, we'll we'll put it this way, you know, because when people see pictures they can say, Well, that's big, but seeing the Hambino in person, oh, oh, yeah, he, the only deer, man. Yeah, that's a hell yeah, the, the only thing yeah. I actually disagree with what Aaron just said. He said that he's got Coke can bases. I actually believe the Coke can will freaking fit inside his base. Like <laughs> that's how big they I they're bigger than a they're bigger than the beer can. <laughs> that's sweet there, man. That's awesome. That mass man, he, that's that's awesome. He yeah. had uh his mass alone, he was just over forty five inches of mass alone. Ooh, man, wow. You know that's crazy. Yeah. But, but honestly what hurts him is his funky side. Because yeah. he doesn't have like, like his twos and his three, they aren't long. You know, his his left side, his big side is big. I mean, yeah. you give him that right side as well, he's gonna he's gonna touch Boone as typical, damn near just yeah. in how the mm-hmm. length and I mean, what ended up helping him get there is he had seventeen scoreable too. But I'm you know, yeah. However you want to get there, let's get there. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, so, yep. yeah. Yeah, I just well, say, hey, day I just want one, to be yep. honest with you. I just that, that's my number one bucket list is man, I love to kill gross booner. I I'd be uh I, I get happy with one twenty, but I kill gross booner, you're gonna hear me screaming from Iowa. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, you're probably crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know the thing is, Ryan, is you you know, you're realistic about where you hunt. That that's the that's what the truth is at the end of the day. But you know, wanting to shoot something that, you know, that, that gross boon going to Iowa, that that affords that opportunity. That's the God honest truth. You know, you travel out there, your chances of that dream coming true, they go way up. Yep. Yeah, there's a you know I mean, out there, man, it could be a 200 incher. Yeah, I mean it. Mm-hmm. It just 
it, it can legit happen out there. Um, maybe you kill 150 is your biggest buck to date, or hey, man, you might kill a buck of a lifetime, you know, 200 inch or out there. You just don't know. It just, it can happen there. You know, Ryan, I got a question yep, for, for you. Sure. We'll, we'll wrap it up on this. We're right in an hour, but I got a question for you. So, um, hypothetical, let's say you're going to Kansas and you're hunting a piece of public for the first time ever, you know, out, mm -hmm. out in Kansas. Okay. What is going to be like your, you know, maybe not with you, but like a lot of hunters, you know, the, uh, the, the goal line switch, you know, kind of fluctuates as the trip goes on. Tell yeah. me what, tell me what your like criteria would be first day public right off the rip, you know, first, second, third day. Like, what are you looking for? Um, I mean, first, if you say you're there for two weeks, you got 10 to 14 days to hunt it. Um, first day, my goal for summer, like Kansas going public land, never been there, no cameras, no nothing. That first 130 inch come by is going to get the lungs pumped. Mm -hmm. No doubt. 130. Uh, I'm going to kill 130. Um, I prefer a four and a half year old plus, but 130 inch deer. That's a good buck. In my personal opinion, um, on public land, it, you oh, know, yeah. anywhere outside of maybe Iowa, um, you know, I would, maybe I'd bump that bar up a little bit more on public land. Um, cause I just been there, but Ohio, Kansas, Illinois, public land, 130, man, it, realistically, you guys, we've all been around a little bit doing this game. 130 is deer is a pretty good deer anywhere across the country. Mm -hmm. Other than a few, few small areas, to be honest with you. Yeah. On public, especially. Okay. I was just curious because that's something like, you know, David and I are going to Kansas. I've hunted Kansas before, but it's been private and yep. been fortunate enough to like kind of see some deer grow and, and pass some deer up and yada, yada. But, you know, this is honestly not going to lie to you. Other than Michigan last year, this is my first like legitimately public land hunt. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. But it's like I'm trying to I'm like fighting myself a little bit as like, OK, you know, 120 comes out the first day for my first public land buck ever. It's a big goal of mine yeah. to kill one. It's yeah. like, do yeah. I, do I bend the limbs back? And I'm like, I don't know if I'd be happy with that deer. You know what well, I mean? Look, look, maybe that's where you like somewhere like that. I may base it more off age than I do score. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to kill a two year old 120 inch deer? Possibly that's what he is probably out yeah. hands. It's a good chance. Um, do you want to kill that? Or do you want to hold out for, um, the 123 year old or 124 year old? You know, that, that plays in a little bit there, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of how I would look at it there, plus, because like I said, there's nothing wrong with 130. There's definitely nothing wrong with 120 either, coming from us guys from Michigan and PA. You know what I mean? We know that. Um, and to me, at the end of the day, if it trips your trigger, you kill them, and you'd be happy with it. That's yep. how I look at it. Yep. Yep. I love it, man. I, I'm, a, I'm an eye test guy. Like, if he passes that eye test right off the rip, that's that's it you know and that's that's all i need you're gonna yep, see the exactly. first six pointer come out of kansas public land just <laughs> hey hold him out there buddy, real I'm far. Going down maryland I'm, I'm i'm not too far from maryland i'm going down there and that first little six pointer comes out in september he's in trouble because <laughs> i'm going down to have fun i'm going down to just have some damn fun you know what i mean what the hell i love you know? it i love yeah, it we get so tied up in this trophy hunt or whatever and like I said kill whatever makes you happy but sometimes man I miss the good old days sometimes, you know, I do, you know, yeah. it's not, sometimes this shit gets a little too damn stressful for me, social yeah. media and podcasts, man, go out there and have some freaking fun sometimes. And it, it means shooting a little four corner six point just to get that rush. And it just like it was when you were 16, 17 year old, man, go do it. You know, I love it. Oh yeah. Yep.
I tell you, it, it, you'll have that kind of mindset, Ryan, and then you get a hold of us, you're going to say, hey, guys, I actually shot that gross that gross boon in Maryland. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I tripped into one. <laughs> be hell of a, we'll have to have a podcast over that. that happens. <laughs> if you shoot a gross boon in Maryland, David and I will drive to PA and, and podcast yeah. with you at your house. Okay? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really cool, man. I I greatly appreciate you coming on tonight and doing this. I I know you've been on it, been on before, and we need to make it more of a frequent thing because I just love oh, yeah. chatting it up with you, man. And and uh, thank you for sharing your story and and uh, giving us some of the little insight to the secrets that uh, that makes you tick and and the the big deer that you kill, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for guys having me on, man. It was a it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Ryan. <laughs>